0: hear the sound of a man who feels the best he's ever felt in his whole life. Right now, here it is. Then Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was actually hoping for? What's up everybody? Oh. That's like throwback, man. We should be. It, it, it is a throwback. I keep punching my mic. Um, that's a throwback too. <laughs> uh First time, huh? First first time <laughs> around. First time for everything. No, we've actually been doing this a super long time. Yeah, and we're actually pretty good at it. If you're just now tuning in,
1: you're going to be amazed at the level of discussion, the intellect, the entertainment. We can deliver on all these promises. Yeah, it's
0: like watching... Paint dry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly where I was going. Splendid.
1: Predicted it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I'm I'm feeling a little... uh, I feel like our conversation today needs to be really open. Okay. Yeah, just you know honest I mean? is what you mean. Yeah, no, open. Oh. Specifically open. <laughs> About the open. Oh, hey, hey, man.
1: Wow. So it's every CrossFitter's favorite time of the year to hate. Is it? Or, no, no, or hate. not yeah. hate. Or it just depends. It's, I think it's the definition of love-hate this time of year. Yeah, or to
0: to rekindle your addiction to competition.
1: Yes, exactly. That unhealthy or slash healthy outlet. But the difference in the Coyote family is that we've spent, um, you could probably say two solid months, Hunter, probably, preparing for this contest or competition. I I would say
2: spent a year. Yeah. uh, Years.
1: Years. Years. A lifetime. Always prepare. But we always have, you flip the calendar on January 1, and you know that you're kind of training to get ready for this fitness test, and thank goodness everything's kind of leveled out. We've had this conversation about CrossFit multiple times, but this year we were like, all right, we know exactly what we're going to be doing. It's in the correct time of year based on the CrossFit ecosystem. We can get back to training from January 1 up until that first workout with the Open in mind. Mm -hmm. And we've had now two workouts. So I'm hopeful that... In this segment, we'll be able to discuss two things, like the experience of the workout from the commoner's point of view, and then watching the elite in the world go through the open, and they're taking some different tactics, which can kind of get a little bit confusing, yeah. which I know, Hunter, you can clear up for us. So I'd be interested to, to talk through kind of your experience, Hunter, with uh, point one and point two, kind of how things have gone for you so far, and how you've seen the people of Coyote, if our preparation has paid off, some wins. Yeah.
2: So the first thing is, it's already almost over, and we were talking about that today <laughs> yeah. with our coaches, and um, as an affiliate owner who's put who's done this since 2013, it's awesome, because that five weeks was a really long grind. You know, we do the intramural open, and there's a lot of work that goes into that with tallying scores up and um, figuring out who all submitted a score, who all's done Google reviews and checked in, and who gets the spirit points and all that type of stuff. I mean, that is, it's a lot of work. And so um, for it to be three weeks long, I think it's great. You know, judging workouts, people redoing it, people want to do it on Saturday and Sunday and all that type of stuff. Like it's just, it's mentally a grind. And so um, the three weeks is just a, a really good um, change of pace for people who are putting it on and judging and all that type of stuff, validating scores. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the open. So I think it's great Uh, from an athlete's perspective. I think it's great too because, you know, if you're just doing it just to participate and have a good time and be involved in community, it's great that you only have to do three workouts. um, And, you know, that five weeks, you know, it's over a month. That's a long time. That's a lot of your years spent, you know, basically. Take, you know, doing the workout, then recovering from the workout, then tapering down for the next week's workout and all that type of stuff. And so it's kind of hitting a pause button on that. So, um, I think, I think it's, uh, it's great as far as where our athletes are prepared. I mean, I've been pretty, pretty shocked at the scores on the second workout, how fast so many people from the gym have been, which is really cool. You know, you always, we joked on this podcast not, not too long ago about the dumbbell snatch, And uh, here we are doing dumbbell snatches, and (laughs) you just hear the gloating (laughs) in his voice. (laughs) I feel like everybody, you know, felt like they were very prepared. And we do a lot of burpee (laughs) box jump overs, um, so I think we were prepared for that. You know, they released the uh, the equipment list for what was going to be in the first round, and you could kind of take a look at it. And there's a box and. I know they're not going to do box jumps ever again in a workout just because they've had, you know, the judging on those is so tough. Um, and then the people that have torn their Achilles doing the rebounding. So they don't want to do box jumps. They don't want to do box jump overs for the same reason. Um, so pretty much the only thing they're going to do is burpee box jump overs because it takes the rebounding out of it or uh, step ups. And I figured they wouldn't do step ups. So I figured burpee box jump overs was coming. And then, you know, the dumbbell, the simplest thing to do that was a dumbbell snatch. So that, you know, that's kind of, probably, you know, not super obvious, but I felt like it was pretty, pretty obvious that that's what they were going to do. And then you start thinking they're going to repeat a workout every year. You know, that was first workout they'd done with a dumbbell, um, and dumbbell snatch, dumbbell uh, burpee box jump overs. So it, it, it seemed like it was, it was a pretty good chance they were going to do that. So,
1: you know, we did a lot of that, but we also do a lot of those movements anyways. Yeah. I think it was really telling for me, like, Going back to uh, 17, trying to figure out how that workout went, I it, I really didn't even need to because I knew how those two movements, like where my problems were going to be because mm-hmm. we've done them so much. Yeah. I mean, even just a few weeks ago, we had a workout that involved a good bit of running and burpee box jump over. So you take into account like, all right, your heart rate gets up a little bit and then you've got to do this. I, it was um, really settling to know going into this workout. I know where the problems are going to be for mm-hmm. me personally as an athlete, so uh, yeah, our programming really, really helped out on that. Let's talk about the elephant in the room in these wall walks and just how out of left field that That was crazy.
2: Yeah. I I get what they were doing. They wanted to make it accessible for anybody, even if they were doing it at home in quarantine or whatever. So, um, yeah, all you need is a a wall and (laughs) a jump rope and a jump rope and Chris had kind of called it that he said, wouldn't it be crazy if they did wall walks? He said that like a week before the, they did it. So that's pretty crazy that he was able to, to call that. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it, honestly, like the standard, uh, I didn't think it was very, uh, very fair for everybody. I mean, it not only is a wall walk favored for a smaller person, but then, you know, the variable is how, where your shoulder is, but the fixed is how close you have to get to the wall? So, it's a double whammy because the shorter person starts closer to the wall and then proportion to their size, they don't have to go as far up to the wall. So I would like to see, uh, you know, a variable line on the wall as well, depending on how tall you were. But, you know, I see that kind of stuff because I am tall. Uh, but the other thing I didn't like about it was it encouraged people to fall and flop. And I don't know how many people broke their toes doing that. Mm. I mean, and that's something you, I guess you don't really see, but that's what people do. They're going to try to do things as fast as they can and they end up sliding up and down the wall. Um, and so, I mean, I wasn't a super big fan of it now. I think, uh, for me, it, it showed like the wall walk is something that we need to do a lot more of. It works the muscles a little bit different in the back. Um and I think it has a lot of translation over to handstand, you know, push-ups, handstand walks or even push-ups, bench press, that type of stuff. Go shouldered overhead, any overhead stuff because it's working those muscles a little bit differently. And a lot of people are sore in the lower traps and uh scaps uh uh because we don't use those muscles as much. So um that's something we will be doing probably not in workouts, but more in like gymnastics and skill stuff, a lot more uh because I think there's a lot of benefit. And I think there's a reason that People that, um, you know, people that did gymnastics said they've been doing those for a really long time because gymnastics uses that movement a lot because it is such a good uh, movement for strengthening stuff. So we'll definitely be doing a lot more of those um, in class and in the competitive program and that type of stuff. But um, as far as like in actual workout, um, we probably won't do it much except for maybe if we retest that workout. But I just wasn't a big fan
1: of of that particular movement. Um, in, yeah. in open setting, I agree with you. It it felt a little sloppy, you yeah. know, but I, I can say as far as a movement of concern, and we should probably celebrate this, that when this workout was released, I thought I haven't done a lot of those, but I have done those. Yeah. They've showed up in our programming before as a building block to yeah. other gymnastic movements. But I did notice, and this is kind of the genius of Castro, right, and his team. I mean, I think it's a misnomer. This guy just locks himself in a closet and hmm. figures all this stuff yeah. out. He's, he's got a team of people that are helping yep. him. Maybe he's the originator, but he tests these things on a team of people. Uh-huh. Uh, but I could tell in this rep, the it was very classic CrossFit, and the more tired that you became, the more difficult the last part of the movement was. So yeah. it's just going to make you pay right there in a particular window, you're going to tell on yourself. And once that happens, it's not going to get any better. Yeah, Like that first rep where you felt like you had to like scooch a little closer to that line on the wall, like there you are. That's never going away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in that way, it did feel like a pretty even test. What I could appreciate about it is um, until you got to really the top people in the game Everybody kind of looked like physically they were trying to figure out how to progress through the workout. I did appreciate that because it can kind of get frustrating when you're powering through a workout trying to get stuff going and then the elites, it looks like it wasn't a really good test for them. Yeah. You know, so it did feel like, okay, even Olsen's trying to redo this to figure out how do you do this a little bit better than I did before. So the sense of camaraderie was kind of there, but it was was definitely a surprise. The first open workout I've ever experienced – where it didn't really hit me in the lungs, it was, it was yeah, muscle fatigue. Oh, you know? it was
2: all about muscle fatigue. And if you could do that, that movement really well, I guess it would get you to your lungs. But for most people, it was just, I get my shoulders got tired and I can't really keep going. And the double unders were kind of like a break in the middle, so
1: yeah, um, yeah, except for a few people. <laughs> the double unders were also a big challenge, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always a group of those, those folks too, yeah. so it was a little bit of a double whammy,
2: yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, so. What do you think the last workout is going to be,
1: man? I don't know. I mean, history tells us that the clock won't save you. He's, he's really big on that. Like, okay, you had the ability to stop. You were just trying to either finish fast or the clock was going to save you. Mm-hmm. Also the pain cave usually shows up in yeah. this last oh, workout. Oh yeah, for sure. We do know there's limitations on equipment though. So we're not going to run into one of those terrible rower slash something else workouts. Yeah.
2: So basically for the equipment, what we haven't used yet is a pull-up bar and, um, the barbell, they didn't give the given weight, but I'm just assuming it's going to be thrusters and pull-ups, which it normally is. And here's my here's my theory, and um, I've been thinking about this a little bit. The first two workouts were ascending reps. So, like, as you go on, the work the reps get higher and higher in the workout. And Dave loves themes for, for you know, stuff. Like, he every year has a theme. So my theory is that it's going to be ascending reps again. It's going to be thrusters and, and pull-ups, chest-to-bars, um, I think this is going to be the first year that we repeat two open workouts. And I think they're going to pick that seven minute AMRAP of ascending reps, three, three, six, six, nine, nine, twelve, twelve thrusters and chest of bar pull-ups that we've already done twice. Ah, so, okay. um, so the clock will save you. Yeah. Seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think though, be, because of the way the structure is, I think the harder, you know, workouts like that will be safe for the quarterfinals. Um, so I think, My theory is it's going to be ascending reps, thrusters, and
1: pull-ups. Probably another repeat, Um, but we'll see, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, so that would actually be awesome because it allows people to finish with a lot of momentum. Yeah. People have been predicting that it may be Fran. So everybody's kind of got this idea that it's going to be a sprint, some sort of sprint. Yeah. I'm just leaning on how it's been in the past, but a lot of things have changed. We're not five weeks in. We're not yeah, trying yeah. to thin the f- thin the field uh, for getting to regionals and all that. So yeah. I'm going to go on record as saying very publicly, I would not mind whatever it is for seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> as it's, long as it's over yeah. in seven minutes. If you don't
2: have to uh, slog through, what was it last year, like a million and one reps and just like oh my take gosh. forever. Well,
1: everybody remembers the worst one when you start talking about thrusters and it was the – three, six, nine. It was this incredible amount of thrusters and burpees, right? And you were stopping every three. Yeah. And some people, it took 24 hours to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. through this work. We've already repeated that one, um, and it was actually a lot better the second time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that, that could be cool. I think most people... Um, are hoping for something a little bit faster because yeah. the other workouts haven't been fast. Yeah,
2: no, I, that's my prediction. Seven minute thrusters, per, uh, pull-ups. Even if it's not that repeat specifically, I do think it will be ascending reps and I do think it will be thrusters and chest support pull-ups.
1: Let's see, uh, the workout we haven't done again, uh, with the deadlifts and the box, right? You're eliminating that because of the injury potential for the box.
2: Yeah. And we've already used the box. I mean that they're, they're not going to put equipment requirements and not use it. So, um, I mean, they're definitely going to be a pull-up bar. There's definitely going to be a barbell.
1: So. And you're saying chest-to-bar over bar muscle-up?
2: Yeah, I think they would probably say, well, if you're working out in your garage, you might not have overhead space to be able to do Clearance. bar muscle up. So yeah. um, that would be my guess. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be thrusters and pull-ups I mean I think the last workout's been thrusters every single year ever so
1: I think mm. that's a pretty safe guess mm. I'm just not a fan <laughs> at all period so we'll see I'm here for it though yep. and I think our our community is uh based on what's going on at all locations it looks like our community showed up this year for it oh yeah for and, sure uh, that trophy is something that people want yeah. yeah
2: it's a cool trophy I was really happy with it and uh so it, we've been kind of passing around three locations it's in Florida right now and tomorrow i'll bring it over to madison for the last week so people can get a good look at it and then uh the winning location is going to get their uh location on there with the year for forever okay real
1: question here Mm -hmm. um will you allow a major pain scenario where if one location wins another location could actually steal it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and keep it for the rest of the year. Is this something we're going to have to protect? And like, uh, yeah, a case? we have to put it in a case with a lock. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, none of that goes on. Oh man, have you met people at Coyote? <laughs> yeah. So uh, there may be a couple of arguments break out. All right, so let's wrap this discussion up here if we can. Um, there's, there's been, if especially if you're a YouTube watcher, you're watching like Proven, you're watching Trainee Think Tank, uh, you're watching Mayhem it seems like even the people at the very top are choosing to take different approaches yeah. to the open. Why is that? What's the reasoning behind that?
2: Um, because of the way they changed the qualification process. Like, you know, it used to be the open was pretty important, but you could kind of, if you were really good, you could kind of get away with doing one workout and cause they took 60 to regionals. And so most of those people could finish in the 60 and then they cut it down to 40. And so it was a little bit harder to get in. And then they did the, super regionals where they combine regions and only 20 made it and so that was like a 20 from each region made it that was really hard to qualify for so then you had to start taking it more and more serious and then the last couple of years you could qualify for the game straight out of the open and all of a sudden it's this huge deal mm-hmm. um well now they've gone in the complete opposite direction and they're cutting down to the top 10 percent in a region which if you look at the numbers it, it looks like it's gonna be like six to 7,000 men, men, and also six, 7,000 women in North America, moving on to the next stage, which is a whole lot of people. So it's like, it's almost like a warm up. So it's not that big a deal. And I think some people, they still want to see their name high on the leaderboard. And you know, these workouts are good for them. So they want to push it hard, but other people are, especially the more seasoned ones that understand, you know, this is just kind of a warm up. There's no need for me to be messing up my training. Let me get these workouts one and done and move on to the next thing and not really worry about where I finish. As I'm going to finish in the top 10%, no big deal. So I see a lot of people doing that. Um, I've been thinking about it, and I, I really, the more I think about it, the more I really, really like this because one of my biggest issues with the open in the past has been the actual workouts. Some of them, they try to make it so inclusive that the skill level is so low and it just ends up being all about, like, who can cycle reps faster and, you know, who can do burpees faster and that type of thing because, like, who can do wall wall walks better, you know, and yeah. that type of thing. Whereas when you move further on into the games, it's less about that and more about, like, well-rounded fitness and, and actual CrossFit, and it's less about how fast you can cycle reps. I mean, that's still important, but it's more about just overall fitness level. And I think – they're getting those particular workouts out of the way now trying to make them accessible in the first stage. And then when you move on to the quarterfinals, it's going to be a lot more, you know, what you would see at actual uh, regional or sanctional or CrossFit games type workouts. So I really, I really like that, that they're getting those, um, accessible workouts out of the way, then they're going to cut down. Then they have a lot more freedom where they're like, Hey, we don't have to program a workout just so we can try to get as many people possible as we can to sign up. And we just assume the fittest in the world will still do pretty good on it. Now it's like, all right, we have an opportunity. We've cut down to the tempers top 10%. Let's bump the skill up, bump the weights up and make a really well rounded test. That's going to, uh, cut down to the top 120, um, in North America or top top 30 in whichever other region you're in. So I think it's going to be great. I, you know, I've always said that the open it's, there's so many variables like with the judging and the rep quality at different locations and the, how people are filming themselves and that type of stuff. Like it just makes it hard to determine like the true top fit is people. And, and this is going to be a lot better step in that process. Um, it also is going to cut down on like people redoing workouts four times and just trying to figure out the best way to game a particular workout because um, at the quarterfinals, they'll I think they're going to announce a couple workouts and then you have until maybe Friday to do them and then they'll announce two more and then you have until like Saturday to do them and then they'll announce two more and then you have until Sunday to do them. So it's going to be more like an actual in-person competition. So um, <clears throat> I really, really like it. I think it's going to be great. I'll be interested to see um, what the next stage looks like, but I think. All all around, it's it's all been good changes.
1: Yeah, let's say this, and, and I think we should be very clear on this. Hats off to CrossFit, yeah, <laughs> because it has gone through some difficult, really difficult transitions and changes, and it feels like um, a lot of the old regime has now entered back in, based under quality leadership, and has taken those lessons that they learned the hard way about how do we accomplish a test of fitness that initially is open to anyone who would have the web address you know and can be it an affiliate yeah and then get it to where we're actually performing a test where we could say at the end of all of this we have found the fittest male and fittest mm-hmm. female in the world I think the open
2: is awesome and I'm glad they're continuing to do it I think the importance of it was always way it was way too important in the grand scheme of the qualification process especially when you're looking at people who are trying to make a career out of this. And so making it much less important um, and creating more of a, you know, it's just kind of like the first feeder, but it's not super important. I think that's great for the actual sport and people who are trying to compete in it because it shows like the actual things you need to be good at, which is like competing over a weekend on higher skill, higher strength, you know, well-rounded tests of fitness. That's what you have to be preparing for. And that's going to be the same at the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the games. They're all going to be similar. Whereas the open is like something that's completely different. Mm -hmm. It's where it's like, how can I scheme this workout and redo it five times? And how fast can I do burpees and um, lightweight stuff? And so it's going to be, um, you get that out of the way just enough to get, you know, cut out 90% of the field. And then you move on to, You know the actual stuff that you're going to actually see at uh, an in-person competition. It's still going to be online, but it's still going to be similar to an in-person competition. So I think it's going to be, I think it's great. And I think it's going to be fun. And it also gives more people an opportunity to move on to the quarterfinals and compete a whole nother level,
1: um, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So the 90% doesn't feel slighted. The other 10% feels pretty respected and energized Mm -hmm. because the level of competition in the test matches how they're training. So let me ask this one final question. I'm super intrigued by Uh this answer. We know a lot today about uh, the science behind training and you listen to the elites talk for more than five minutes. You're going to hear them talk about when they're looking to peak Mm -hmm. and all of that. So based on what you're, you're seeing now, who do you feel like is top female and male kind of front runners I mean, we have all kinds of rumors about, you know, Olson's going to be the guy. I mean, yeah. a lot of that depends on marketing right now, I yeah. think, and how, how much you're promoting yourself, which we know we've talked about on this podcast before. Certain athletes are better at that than others. Mm-hmm. So as you're looking at um, these elite-level guys, do you feel like the predictions are playing out as you would expect? As far as who's going to win the games this year? Yeah, well, it would be difficult to say when because Frazier's out. (laughs) So you have to look at these other folks, and the other factors are much more at play, like cumulative fatigue. Did they plan their peak correctly? Uh, How are they going to be able to handle the heat? Those sorts of things. Does it seem like to you, though, that the guys that are usually clumped together in the top of the pack are are still going to be there, or do you see some people falling out?
2: I think so. I mean, it's really hard to look at a leaderboard right now with any – and make any definitive conclusions just because <clears throat> the workouts have been wall walks and basically burpee box jump overs. Like yeah. At this point, if you're a competitor, a 50- or 35-pound dumbbell snatch is nothing to you, so that doesn't even matter really. So, you know, the two workouts have been how good are you at wall walks and like I said, the do- same thing with double unders; like they can all do double unders, so it's no big deal. And how good are you? How fast can you do burpee box jump overs? So it's hard. And then some people are taking it serious and redoing. Some people aren't, and just kind of just getting it over with. So it's hard to really draw any conclusions from this level. I think once you get to the quarterfinals, you'll have a lot better idea of who is um, who are the favorites going into the uh, into the games this year. I still, I'm still sticking with Justin Medeiros. I think he, um, I think he has a good chance to win this year.
1: He showed up the other did. night, didn't he? Yeah. He? Did.
2: he looked great. Wow. It? Um he's he's young. He's got all the tools. I think he's gonna have a great career. And I he'll he'll be my pick to win this year. And then um for the female, you know, there's been people have been messing around on the Instagram uh in the comments like Tia's husband said something about her going team. And then she said something about going team and they're I, it, I think they're joking, but you don't really know, but she's up there training with Brooke Wells and street Horner and some other guy. And they're all training in the same gym in Nashville together. So they might go team, you know, who knows, but, um, I don't think so. I still think Tia's is the favorite. Um, and if she competes individual, she'll probably win again. She looks unstoppable. Yeah, right she now, does. You know? Um, but even if coasting, she, if she wants to, uh, you know take a mental break and, and go team I think I think uh it's wide open at that point but she's still the favorite unless 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 she decides to do team
1: yeah this will be a conversation for another episode but I think what we're hitting here is if you had what we've been talking about for years a true professional circuit of crossfitters where there's actual real money to be made mm-hmm. big time money I think you would have athletes hanging on longer doing particular things, but it seems like if you look at, I know Kalipa's way back there, but even at looking at Froning, now at Fraser, it looks like at a certain point, the guys are like, okay, I've committed to this for a really long time. Now it's time for me to start thinking about what's coming next and not running myself into the ground in this competition, trying to hang on for another five years. I could go ahead and get my businesses started and start making some money that way. I think until CrossFit solves that part, you're gonna see people that are kind of at the peak of their game are pretty close from a, pers- a spectator's point of view, getting out sooner mm-hmm. instead of staying with it longer. So it, it nothing would surprise me at this point. It's not like Jordan retiring, you know. Right. It's like well, it kind of makes sense. You've you've conquered this hill and now you're moving on to the next thing. We it's like get like it. Danny
0: and Tomlinson retiring just makes like, sense. Like just Danny Tomlinson. yeah, it just yeah. makes
1: it like hey man, we get it. So yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised. However looking at proven and, and seeing how those guys are training the way they're talking about it it seems like she's a shoe in I mean it would be like walking away from almost guaranteed victory
2: yeah and I mean she's up there tra- I mean she trains with Brooke Wells every day she trains with you know other games athletes like <clears throat> that's just taking them all to the another the next level of of, of uh com- competing so yeah, I mean it She's going to win until she decides she doesn't want to do it anymore. And that's just my opinion. And I think Matt Frazier was the same way. So,
1: Yeah, easy call. All right, so advice for the last week of the Open. Just go ahead and flip the switch and get comfortable with the thruster. Mm-hmm. All right. And whatever yeah, else is, yeah, whatever else is in combination with that will probably be where you get your rest, probably pull ups, <laughs> so you know, make sure to breathe on that, but um, the, my yeah.
2: advice would be pray that it's an amrap and, <laughs> and not for time. yes,
1: yeah, that it isn't you know
2: and uh just go hard, have fun, and um leave it all out there,
1: and yeah, so don't, redo week, don't, don't redo it don't redo it, it. unless you're all
2: right week. on the border of that ten percent, don't redo it.
1: yeah, have a good time. With this last workout, make sure you finish it out. Make sure you're judged and you submit that score, and you'll have a, uh, another open in the books. That's right. Another yeah. open in Treat the books.
0: Treat it like Little League, and you're definitely not making the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah, and <laughs> have, a, have a good time. You're man. not
1: the coach's son, and you won't be an all star. Just, yep. just do it and get that yeah. Capri son afterwards.
0: <laughs> you know what? Let Jeremy pitch. It's fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, all right. Well, good luck to all you guys. Stay in the fight, and let's mm. hope for a good workout. Good luck in the open. Yeah. Yeah. All, all right. <laughs> Great.
0: Yeah. So, where are we going next, producer? Well, I figure we should venture uh,
2: outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't do it. Where are you at, Ben? I Come on. Know. I was waiting on Chase. He actually went falsetto. No, I don't. I don't do it. it. Okay. I try
0: to tee it up. All right. Or at least I, I take the baton once you know some, whoever's falsetto gets us there. Got anyway, uh, we got a really, really different. Uh, outside the box this week. Um, Quite frankly, I decided I was tired of the list, at least for one week. Mm. Um, Airplane. yeah. Uh, So I came up with, well, I I didn't come up with the game. I came up with the questions. But the classic middle school, you know, trying to get to know this date that you've brought to the sixth grade dance. Get to know our personality this way. You're going to play a great game of Would You Rather. Oh, Would You Rather. Would You Rather. The wall walks of Outside the Box. (laughs) Not a single CrossFit question will be on here. Look at these showing up. Not even fitness. All right. right? Would You Rather. Uh, Well, maybe. It depends on how you spend some of them. Okay. All right. I got 10 of them, okay? Wow. Uh, Some some of them are really quick. Okay. Um, All right. Number one. Would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? It's oh. coming out Whoa. hot. Wow, oh, tough. man. I mean, I was like, I was. I'm pretty... acting like I came up with these questions. I just scoured the internet. Uh, yeah,
2: uh, lose the ability to read. That would be my choice. I would have somebody else read to me.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> audio books. Audible is here. Yeah. Audible, yeah. 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 I'd rather hear Malcolm Gladwell read to me anyway.
1: Man, reading yeah. is so enjoyable. I know there are people in my life that wish I would choose losing the ability to speak.
0: Mm. Uh, probably mm. it would better, Why would you shut down that gift? Though? It
1: would better our relationship. But uh, yeah, I think because there are ways around losing the ability to read, especially yeah. in modern society. Yeah, we, we're going to go with that. Good. Good answer. Yep. I agree.
0: I'd rather not be able to read. Not even would you rather. i just rather <laughs> not be able to read. No game required. I would just say that. All right. Number two. Would you rather have all traffic lights that you approach be green, all right, just never have to worry about a red light again, or you never have to wait in line again? Mm. Oh,
1: I'm notoriously late to things. Indeed, I would say all green lights. Yeah. Uh, ye- I'm going to go with green lights as well, reasoning being that the places where I wait have reduced dramatically yeah. with online shopping. Yeah. Also, when I am waiting, I have a computer
0: in my pocket. Literally what I was going to say. So... Waiting no, in big, line is no longer a big deal. No big deal. Especially if you're the kind of person who's comfortable in the grocery store just throwing on some headphones and walking around and not talking to people and just listening to something because you can't read anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It just it makes waiting in line easier you got distractions upon distractions Some people hate lines though like standing in them they just hate them yeah, but
1: I hate them
2: I really do do you yeah yeah but I'm I'm okay with I them. just don't stand in them that often Yeah. like mm. when all possible I do it online you know I order online I don't shop in person so who does
1: that anymore <laughs> click list you don't have to get, you don't have to go in the grocery store just sit in your car and they bring it to you That's true you know that is true. The traffic light thing that's pretty big
0: yeah that would be huge yeah yeah okay great answer i think we're all agreeing this is weird yeah. well it, there'll be some argument that takes 40 minutes in a second good that's what i'm counting on yeah <laughs> uh number three would you rather give up all drinks except water literally all liquids except water so you're not even adding any of that water enhancer quote-unquote stuff that they advertise
1: no milk in your cereal none of, oh shoot yep I, was,
0: I knew Dang. you weren't thinking about that I wasn't for, for yeah
1: reasons. that changes it for that's why we
0: bring these questions to the table uh-huh uh, or give up eating anything that was cooked from an oven so you are no longer allowed not even you can't even like not cook in the oven you can't eat anything that was prepared in an oven
1: mm, that, that covers a lot of things yes it do okay but there are other ways to cook a lot of stuff that you would Correct. cook in the oven
2: yeah I would say give up the oven
1: there's, there's just ways around that, I yeah. think. Like, is there something that we're not thinking about that absolutely must be cooked in an oven? Because I couldn't give up coffee, that's why. That's uh, literally my thought. Yeah. Like, I
0: don't think I could function. Like, I could, like, have energy, but the headache that I would ha- literally have to go through to get off coffee that way, I just don't think, it- I'm too far down the hole. Plus, it's just so enjoyable.
1: Is there any side of this question that has, like, whether there more health benefits from one to the other? Like...
0: I can't imagine that cooking something on a grill is any less healthy than anything that would be in the oven. That's
1: what I was thinking too. There are ways around. Mm There are just ways
0: around it. Plus, you still have like instant pots and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's. I mean, I I use the oven way less than I used to because of instant pots. Yeah, that almost feels like kind of. Although air fryer, I think would be cheating. Yeah, Um, it's another form of an oven. Yeah, that easy bake oven, all those things. Yeah. Uh, Number four. So we all agreed, oven. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So
1: far, for the intelligent person and listener, mm-hmm. I'll include you as well,
0: folks. Thanks. These haven't been very difficult because there's a there's a pretty clear path forward. Yeah, that's okay. Some things are easy in life. Yep. All right. I think this one, I think it has a definitive right answer, but I could see personality really, really playing playing a part in this. Okay. Would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets? Mm. All right. Or never have to pay for food at restaurants. Oh, yeah, this is totally personality based. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: International first class tickets.
0: You'd rather have that? Yes. <sighs> I'm going That surprises me. I really thought you would go with the second one. But you think
2: about before. like if you traveled like the difference between flying first class and flying coach when you're flying overseas is just like drastic. So here's the way I thought. And that's it. a lot. And those are expensive tickets. Yeah. Very the, expensive. Right. Yeah.
0: Here's my thought. You'd have to eat out a lot. To yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah. That's what. How often are you traveling out of the country? Like how often do you have time? If I had
1: unlimited, I'd be going a lot more. <laughs> really more. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. In my life, though, I have I wouldn't limi- have time at the moment. I have limitations where I can't travel. I'm not. I'm not really a traveler. Let's be honest about that. But I also have limitations in that. What I would enjoy doing more, the reason I paused is because I would love to be able to just go to a restaurant and invite friends along any time I felt like, it. however- All on the same ticket and that way you're- Yes, cheating however, that would completely torpedo and sabotage my general health because there is mm-hmm. no food out there worse for you than restaurant food. At least the kind that I like to consume, the the expensive sort of- you know, four-star restaurant, yeah. three-star, four-star. That sort of stuff would be really bad for me. But I love to sit at a table with people. I would probably try to figure out, if you can go for free, then you can build a relationship with the people who are cooking the food and say, hey, can you make me something that doesn't have six pounds of butter and enough sodium for a week? Hmm. So I think I would go with the unlimited food because it it has a much
0: higher rate of return for me and yeah. my lifestyle. Yeah. Plus, I, th- I just really think it would add up over time. Like I, I could f- feasibly come up with a way of eating every meal out well, you and also, not be sad. Let's think about this. I don't know if you're thinking about this.
1: You, the flight is free, but once you land wherever you land, mm-hmm. you still you have to pay for everything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. unless you just enjoy riding on planes, <laughs> you're going to have to uh, get off the plane and pay for your hotel and your food. And just
2: your, spend the day and then fly back. So, <laughs> hey your first class you the first class so there. the
1: restaurants would restaurants overseas be included in this deal yeah any restaurant uh, no, no brainer then I'm gonna I will pay for the flight and I will suffer for that 10 hours and then be able to eat in whatever country I land in for free. At, at any place there. Yes, any place. Absolutely. Hey, I well, agree. When
2: I'm in first class and you try to come and
1: say, hey, I'm just going to say, get yeah. out of here, peasant. Back, back here,
2: peasant. Get behind Here's the curtain. Thought. Excuse me, ma'am. Close that curtain on this <laughs> gentleman. I'm just going to start he's, traveling. He's harassing me. I'm just going to start <laughs> I've traveling never seen with him in Hunter. my life.
0: <laughs> just, yeah. just group up with the person that chose the first class option. And that way you're not paying for food and they're not paying for tickets and you just group pay for the whole trip. Mm. Split it right down the middle.
1: Man, we are so much smarter than the people that design these questions. <laughs> <up>. Idiots.
0: <laughs> All right, now, number five. This is a doozy. All right. Would you rather only be able to use a fork? So absolutely. It's, for, it's fork or spoon. Would you rather only able, <sighs> never be able to use a spoon or never be able to use a fork? What do you do or with, with ice that cream? What do you do with spaghetti? This is the you problem. You can
2: eat ice cream with a fork. I've done it before.
0: And how I, frustrating those no forks. No you, no
1: you can't do the last little like in the bowl. You just have to sacrifice yeah. at the, the end. The thing
0: is, if you haven't leveled up to cone based ice cream, then you're wasting your time. Anyway. <laughs> look,
1: look,
2: soup is completely out. If you have a fork, you can't eat soup.
0: Ramen.
1: Okay, but yeah, but I mean other forms of soup. There's yeah. no other soup. But Tomato based soup from Nukes. You can like. You, <laughs> You don't have to actually puncture a steak. You can scoop a steak
0: up with a spoon. Oh, that just
2: so. sounds terrible. <laughs> well, my thought is like cut it and then scoop it scoop up. It, yeah. If
0: I'm not paying for food at restaurants, and th- this steak better be the most tender steak steak I've ever had. So e- surely I can just press down with the spoon and cut with the knife, and then just take the knife and
1: oh, so you can. Pop have, it in. I thought you were limited to just one. Forever. No, no, no. It's
0: either no forks or no. Okay, spoons. so if
1: you have a knife, then you gotta go. You gotta go spoon. Yeah, that's what know. I think. Because uh, that allows you to stay in the soup game. Although I would be okay if for the rest of my life I never had any form of soup ever again. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going
2: just, spoon too. I'll I'll pick the spoon.
1: Yeah, the the fork feels like it has limitations that that the knife would would compensate. The spoon has limitations that the knife would compensate yeah. for.
0: So you're going to be safe. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I'm not against shoveling things into my mouth with a with a spoon. No,
1: I no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, and if I'm he, gonna eat one way or the other. If someone takes issue with me, I'm gonna be like, hey, I can't. Use I made a force. choice. Yeah. I mean, judge me if you want. Yeah. I made a choice. I can't <laughs> use it. Yeah. yeah. Good. So.
0: Good. This is developing confidence. I like it. Yeah. Number six. <laughs> Would you rather never get angry or never get envious, or be envious? I guess. Ooh, this is a trick question, mm. because envy
1: in some forms drives greatness and progress. Yeah. So if you give that up, it almost sounds like the question is baiting you into complacency,
0: Oh, which I don't like. Yeah, Ryan Holiday thought of this question.
1: Yeah, now anger certainly is dangerous, but anger at certain mistakes that you've made helps you not make those mistakes again.
0: Mm-hmm. This, this is a much more tricky question than it appears on the surface. My th- the thing I immediately went to is that I'm... Have a much easier time relieving anger than I do jealousy. Mm -hmm. I have it's just it's no comparison. One feels way more cancerous than the other.
1: Mm -hmm. Never never get it. Now I will say the part the, the version of me that I'm the least comfortable with, happy with, proud of is the angry me. Really? So if I could if I could get rid of that ever being a possibility. I would be better in all of my relationships. I think Interesting. so. There's there's a payout there, but I do agree with you. Once envy sets in in the wrong way, it feels more toxic to me. It's really hard mm-hmm. to get it to move out. Yeah. So I um, and and I think anger is probably you can recognize it more easily sooner, so you can put in your control mechanisms faster. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I think I would try. I would remove envy because there are other things like knowledge and community. And things that can drive you towards progress mm. in a healthy way.
2: I don't know. I don't really I mean I don't really get envious that much. I don't feel like I think, I think it's once again a personality. Yeah, jealousy thing. is not something I struggle with. I struggle a lot more with anger, I mm-hmm. would say. So I would say uh anger would be what I would give up just because I probably feel like I get that more often. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You gotta you have to really know yourself to answer this question yeah. appropriately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's a
0: really good question. Yep. All right, number seven. Would you rather have a horrible job, but be able to retire comfortably in 10 years or have your dream job that you have, you never have a day of work where you really are unhappy with the job, but you have to work until the day you die. Dream job. I plan on working until the day I die anyway. So what? You answered that so
1: fast. Guys, we're only talking about a decade. (laughs) You're only suffering at your job for a decade, 40 hours a week.
0: But it's almost like I have to retire. It's what it's making it sound yeah. like. I feel like you have then, to retire. After to me, 10 years.
2: retirement, what is that? Like just sit around and doing nothing. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't ever want to stop working. Like maybe I won't work at the same level.
1: I know I won't work at the same amount, but I, I will always want to be working towards something. All right. I'm going to say the word that changes everything for me, though, in the question is comfortably. So I can retire comfortably. Isn't that what you said?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that means money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can retire comfortably. So. I put in 10 hard years at a job that I'm not wild about, but I know at the end of a decade that I can live the rest of my life and I can retire comfortably, which means I can chase and pursue other things that make me happy. What are you going to do, play golf? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I love the most. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That's a hard one for me. I have been in jobs where I was completely miserable and a year felt like 10. Yeah. But if I knew that once I got to 10, I'm out then if as long as my life wasn't in danger at
0: this job, I might choose the 10 years. Not me. My thought is I got, so I have a daughter now. So I like 10 years of her life. Like these are super formative years that we're going into. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. if I'm miserable, like coming home from work every day, like I just, I think that sets me up like, Your home life can be incredible, but if you got the baggage from work coming home with you, Mm -hmm. like it's heavy.
1: Yeah, I do agree. I'm, you know, rose colored glasses here. That's why I said I've been in a miserable job, and it does affect everything. But I'm just wondering if you know there's an endpoint, and you know, after that endpoint, you're going to be comfortable for the rest of your life. You know, you got to fight that battle though. Am I destined to live 12 more years, and I'm going to spend 10 of those miserable? Mm. That's that's tough you know, but I I think maybe I would at least roll the dice and think that I could, I could weather a decade.
0: And then think about, think about presidents. Off to the races. Yeah. That's only four years. Seen the pictures of Barack Obama when he first started and when he left. Yeah. Except for that that one night that he
1: did, that he did dye his hair. Uh, yeah I don't know maybe I'm being naive here Mm. but I I just feel like the question is causing me to lean towards the
0: decade I will not shame you for your answer okay thank you next yeah I think I I enjoy having a job I enjoy Mm -hmm. me too All right, number eight would you rather your shirts always be two sizes too big or one size too small really getting to the deeper stuff
2: here oh gosh either one of those is just awful
1: (laughs) I love how the big life stuff, like, bam. But T-shirts, everybody paused. Two, two sizes too big or one size too small? Mm-hmm.
2: Two mm-hmm. sizes too big is just bad all the way around. It
1: is bad. But, you know, when you're wearing that, people don't comment on it as much as they do when it's too small. That's where you get all the grief socially. So, you I'm remember thinking,
0: all those Air guys that used to walk around with the the smalls when they definitely deserved a large. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah. And just let's just think about how many medium jokes you would hear for the rest of
0: your life. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you can explain all you want. Like, I'm not allowed. I like, just, it's, whatever it's part bro. of the deal. Yeah. Um, Steven, think, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would rather
1: go. Oh, you're right. It would be miserable. Two sizes too big. That means the neck's all
0: hanging down. I think you can always make two sizes too big look interesting in some way. (laughs) If you can always do something more with that than you could with too small of a shirt. Yeah, I mean too small. Especially if you're muscular, like you can you can make something happen. I think.
1: Yeah, but think about the like in the winter. You're trying to put that in a jacket, and there's so much sleeves. The jacket's too big anyway. Two
0: sizes is a lot.
1: It is a lot. Yeah, that, for
2: me that'd be I'd be wearing a three XL T shirt. Same. <laughs> I've
0: all I've already doubled down on sweatshirts. So I'm that's it's true. like we're gonna make something happen. There. That's a that's a bad choice.
1: Can, is there a third option? <laughs> no <laughs> I mean I guess Naked. I could either Forever. one either one I would pick, I would regret. So I'm gonna go with the one that's gonna cause me to have to explain it less. That's the too big? Yes, the too big.
2: Okay. I'll probably say too big too. I, did yeah. too, I would yeah. too.
0: Yeah, you can just go flannel. Well, and Wear especially
1: like if, you, if it's in some hypothetical universe we do actually get horribly out of shape, you'll be very
0: thankful that you made that choice. Yeah. And the good thing is that your pants always fit. Like you can yeah. make your pants work. Yeah. Anyway, good. Great answers. Number nine. Two more left. Home stretch. Home stretch. Would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak all foreign languages in the world? Hmm. Here's, here's I'm going to
2: say talk with animals because I think pretty soon they'll have like translators that you can put in your ear and stuff like that. So you could still communicate with mm,
1: humans. But inf- Information not required. Yeah, Knowledge not required. You could
2: still find a way to communicate with other humans, but being able to talk with animals would be fascinating.
0: Yeah. Until you find out that they don't have really good thoughts. <laughs> oh, you are as dumb as we thought. Yeah. Um, dog, I love you. I love you. I love you. Did you know? I love I you. Yes, I heard. I got it. I got it. Thanks, dog. Yeah. I think, so my mind, immediately went to financial. Like, I think I could capitalize really quickly on being able to talk literally any language. Like, if you have, like, two or three languages on your resume, you instantly become a high percentage more hireable than, you know... Single language McGee over here. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> okay. I had the same exact thought,
1: but it wasn't money. It was power. Oh, oh, you Poor man. I know. I know it seems so much less, but when I say power, I really mean prestige. So I would be a call for somebody. Somebody really important would need my help at some point. Like there's only one guy that really knows what these people are saying. Mm. We need to call him, which would give me access, not necessarily to money, but to a lot of rooms that most people in the world would never see.
0: But you can even take it further. Like you could also you could live anywhere and make it work. You can't read it, but you can speak it.
1: Mm-hmm. Communicate like. with anybody. just think about the level. I think you're right. The limitations. It's cool to think about being able to speak to animals, but I wouldn't discount that. Um, but the inform the access that you have to information across all cultures, right, like always. you could
0: help business uh, entities you could help researchers like you know discovering uh uh facts and stuff like that history about like little known civilizations in the uh in the world currently yes i mean all think kinds about, of crazy of all the problems you it. could help solve even just medically yeah
1: they're like all these people in a room but they can't there's no common denominator and we're wasting a lot of time Mm -hmm. like maybe take COVID for example maybe there are a couple of people that could really solve this if you were able to pull them together and you had because i know there's a lot of information a lot of technology that helps make this easier but human to human speaking and i just think it would be amazing to be that person yeah cool great
0: humanitarian yeah all All right me the helper (laughs) all right number ten last one Boxers are brief. I think it's good for us. Okay. Although I have a feeling that you guys will have your answer really fast. Uh, would you rather only be able to listen to music recorded between 1970 and 1979? So no music at all on either side of that decade right there. Or 90 to 99. 90 to 99. I figured. <laughs> hmm. That you, does- you can remaster tracks are allowed. That was specifically for me.
1: Oh, so you, hmm. so in the nineties, I could pull in some remaster from the, mm-hmm. but I don't get to choose which ones are remastered.
0: Well, no, like if 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 Red Hot Chili Peppers have an album from nineteen ninety. It's been remastered to ah, for. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're I'll not going to blow out your stereo system or be cranking it all the I see time. see what you're saying now. Okay, it's not a cheat. It was just a utility kind of. Yeah, I would have narrative. to. I'm going to
1: have to go with the, the 90s as well. I mean, you're leaving out a lot of great music, but you're getting so much more yeah, great you music. <laughs> you're getting the chili peppers and you're getting Mayor.
0: Just barely. Barely, but still. With Room for seven, squares? Is that that important for you would you, so you would
1: rather choose 70 79 and not know that mayor ever existed i could do it i mean room for squares is not his best stuff however you do know that he's an artist who yeah. you, you're
0: leaving behind what fleawood mac and well, like leonard I, skinner literally all of disco is like high on my list you got the bones of classic rock you got early queen all that kinds of stuff I feel like there's just so much more to pull from in the 70s than the 90s. If you go too far outside of like Chili Peppers and Mayer and like Counting Crows in the 90s, it's not very attractive at all. Yeah, you are hitting like fuel. Yeah. Power <laughs> Man 5000.
1: So the only, man. <laughs> the only thing that changes this is I will agree with you that outside of those particular bands, you can listen to music 70 to 79 on repeat and it really doesn't get old. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, that's just a great song. Great. It's got staying power. It's still with us. Like we know that already. Pink Floyd. When you go to uh, XM and you put it on 90s, you're like, okay, after a while, this just gets old, you know, unless it's particular artists and there are very few, you know, I would even put Matchbox 20 in that category. Hmm. Um,
0: you st- do have things like Oasis and stuff too. There's diversity there, but it's just, it's not as wide of a band. I feel like as uh, or frequency as, as the seventies can give
1: you. Yeah. That is a, that's a hard question. I'm still going to say with 90s so. though. Me
2: too. 90 no, you should not talk
1: me out of it. <laughs> that was it. Man, that was a great segment.
0: We should do that more often. Okay. I'm happy to do that one. All right. Where are we in this podcast episode? Unless you, uh, either you're recommending some items or you're recommending we end. Um, I don't I would, have anything. I'm going to predict that Hunter's got
1: some recommends. I do. Great.
2: Uh, so the la- uh, last chance you, you guys have seen those like on the football team, Juco football team. Mm-hmm. They came out with a new one and it's on a basketball I, I team
0: did, I saw that at the top of Netflix the other day The basketball
2: was, team and to where's it at uh l a oh, okay and uh it's like east l a community college i think um it's the best one that I thought is the best one they've done. It was great. The players were very likable. the coach was awesome. Um, I really liked him a lot and he actually you could tell he really cared about the kids so
1: so you're pulling for the coach instead of wanting a bust yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah and all the players too like there were some trouble some trouble players (laughs) but they were also really likable and man I just thought it was great and very well done Um, and the ending uh, you have to go and watch it but the ending was just soul crushing it was it was (laughs) it was tough man what a sell (laughs) you're
1: going to be so depressed after you see the ending
2: Uh, It's great. Uh, Last Chance U, the newest one with the basketball team. I highly recommend it.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. I've been talking about this book quite a bit lately. And uh, when I say book, I mean, yes, when I say book, I mean Audible. Um, I don't believe I've done it here, but admittedly, I've talked so much about this, I'm losing track. Hmm. The Art of Resilience by Ross Edgley All right. I don't think you've said it on here. I know I've texted Hunter about this already. This guy's. every time swum has 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 swum swum. this guy has swum around great britain
0: i think that's right
1: the only human to have ever done this ever he takes a hundred and something days to do this doesn't touch land rest eats and sleeps on a boat and then jumps back in the water And the reason I'm recommending it, especially for our listening audience, is because he, this guy did his homework. He completes it. So, spoiler alert, he makes it all the way around, Mm. And like I've already said. But in the book, he dives into the physical game and the mental game. And listening to it, especially as people who are participating in fitness, there is so much crossover between what he did and what we do multiple times a week. Uh, so we're obviously not going to swim around Great Britain. But the way that he talks about how to make sure, like the last chapter that I've, I've listened to, is that you can sleep yourself stronger, which is an interesting way to talk about things we've already said here on the podcast. But he brings in the science behind the fact that if you sleep closer to 10 hours a night, then you are, it's been proven you're going to statistically improve your athletic performance by up to 9%. That's all you're doing is sleeping. Uh,
2: sleeping mm. 10 hours?
1: Yeah, close to 10 hours. So and that is just a small sample of what this guy dove into, pun intended, before he actually took this swim in the research of what the human body can and cannot do. And then he just jumped out there and proved it. So, what's the last
0: time he slept 10 hours, Ben?
1: Maybe... It's probably been three or four years ago, and I was sick when it happened. Yeah, so, we can health. tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See my open scores. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but I'm getting closer to eight than I ever have before on a regular basis. So, you know, but, but anyway, there's, there's other things that he talks about that make these superhuman, air quote, superhuman feats possible if you just pay attention to even the rhythms of your body. Mm. Pretty interesting and completely entertaining. This guy talks about stoic um, sports science and makes it interesting. So you, you won't regret it. Spend the money. Audible or paper copy, however you consume books. It is worth it.
0: Hmm. Great. You know, what's,
1: you know what's shorter than a swim around Great Britain? What is that? This
0: episode. Uh, you thought. Close. See you next week. Close. <laughs> Two weeks. Bye.